Hi guys, my name is Denasia. And my name is Faith, and we are two 20-something type A black girls. This podcast is about our journey navigating the world of adulthood, college, and life in general as type A black girls. We hope you enjoy it. Period. <laughs> okay, so we like to start off our podcast with a rose, a thorn, and a butt. And Denasia, can you let us know what that is? Yeah, so if you guys don't know, um, your rose is essentially really something really good that happened throughout your week that you really enjoyed. Um, your thorn is something that really made you mad or something bad that happened throughout your week that pissed you off. And your bud is um, something you're looking forward to next week. Okay. So, you want to go ahead and kick us yeah, off? Yeah, <laughs> I'll kick us off, bro. So my rose is I I celebrated Valentine's Day. It was really, really good Valentine's Day. Um, I did end up taking my boyfriend to get a massage, but there's a quick story time behind that. Um, I was really supposed to take this man to a reflexology place that had really good reviews. And I called them the day of, I had booked a week and a half before. And she basically was like, Hey, we're busy. And I was like, excuse me, I have a reservation. And she's like, yeah, so we're busy. And I don't know what to tell you. Can you come tomorrow? Girl. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. Baby. It's, it's, thank it you. won't matter on the 15th. <laughs> thank you. So, um, and so we sell it, we like to do days for Valentine's Day. So my day was Saturday and his day was Sunday. And then he ended up coming over Monday after work. But um, because of that, I like to say I can handle change well until change comes. Yeah. <coughs> That'll do it. Sorry. <laughs> and I literally was hyperventilating like I was tearing up because I'm like, frick, my boyfriend has literally been worked like a slave. This man has had has had to be at work from like 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. And then, like, 12-hour shifts, like, my man is a real man. Like, that's a man, you know? <laughs> you said uh, that's a black king right there. <laughs> oh, love a black king, okay? So I was like, I want to make sure my boyfriend gets relaxed because I we both have a tendency of planning different holiday, couple holidays of things we would like because originally I was supposed to plan this man a picnic. But I'm like, you don't want no dang picnic. That would be for me. That would be pictures for me, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so um, I ended up calling around after I was finished my panic attack. And I, the first lady said, Hey, we're, we, we don't got no availability. I was like, you know what? It's understandable. At least you're sweet. Like she was sweet about it. Yeah. Um, then the second lady, this lady worked out of her house and I was like, Hmm. Okay. Um, so I had to take my man to a lady in a house and she literally put in her message. I do not do gentleman massages. And I was like, <laughs> people ask for that. Like, dang, you got to say that? You got to explicitly make sure it's no. Because you no. in her house. No, literally. House. So I, I pulled up. We were talking about some, why are we in front of a house? I said, so I explained it to him. He was like, uh. And I was like, it's not a gentleman's, gentleman's massage. He's talking about stuff. What? Huh? Come again? No, he just gets in my nerves, bro. So, so yeah, that was, he's he rated an 8.5. Um, He said that. She didn't have no shoes on, and I guess her floors were a bit sticky. So she was literally all he heard was the entire time no. of the massage. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that was my rose because I was it. Was, I got a funny story out of it, even though I had a panic attack. Um, my thorn is um, I did end up going to a Mina concert, and I'm pretty sure I got COVID from that. So absolutely love that. That's why I may sound a little bit boyish today um, and coughing. I'll try to do it away from the phone, but. I got COVID and I have chills um, and then I'll put a jacket on and then I'll feel like I'm on 
in a sauna or a beach, then I got to take the jacket off. So that's that. And my bud is my Shein stuff came in. Hey. And that's one step closer to seeing all of my sweets. So excited. It's very excited. Very yes. excited. And with that, I'd say that's my butt too. One yeah. like we're one week closer to finally getting to this Miami trip. I mean, mm-hmm. it really keeps me going throughout the week. Mm-hmm. I'd be like <laughs> I'd be like, oh, like I only have less than a month until No, I literally any today marks sipping a martini. Mom. Any bikini sipping a martini on somebody's boat. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who's that's somebody. for us to figure out when we get there. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> But, oh my goodness. Um, besides my bud, yeah, I'd say my my thorn for this week. So if y'all don't know, I'm a little accounting girly. Yes. And I am in a federal taxation class. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, Ew. Like we don't have an audience, but I heard everybody just like, ugh. Like, uh, no for real. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a tax class and it's literally it's 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 winning right now I'm not even gonna hold you like it's it's a showdown and it's winning and I'm not even close like I'm getting beat down every single day (laughs) so it is it's not fun um pray for me because I'm literally in here like crying I literally was about to start crying during the exam (laughs) you know you know what oh I know the exam you know the test is so bad you start calculating how much you can miss (laughs) On the exam, forget the questions. You start calculating how much you can miss on uh-huh. the exam and see if you get a decent grade. But like, just graduate. Forget get a grade. Graduate. But just graduate, mom. Graduate. That's it. That's all. That, just, let, let me walk across the stage. That's it. So it was. It's been a lot. But um, outside of that, my my bud. I guess these are all kind of related. Um, my bud is that I looked on the calendar and I have two months and twenty eight days. In seven hours until I walk across that stage. <laughs> but who's counting? I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's too tight. Day. I think that's very reasonable to have a little calendar. I'm no, like, easily, very much, mm-hmm. and down to the down to the second. Yeah. So, um, definitely counting down. Um, very excited. Um, as long as tat, if y'all know someone, actually, this is gonna be a little plug. If y'all know someone that is tutoring in tats, send them my way y'all know where to find me at type a black girls my little at is in the bio yeah go ahead and slide right in my dms i'm gonna accept that request with the quickness Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh, speaking of school i mean that kind of brings us to our topic for this for this episode y'all saw the title yes we are covering what denita just said was her rose she said bud but that was her rose Oh, I sure did. Yeah, that's, okay. that's how bad this tax class is dragging me, bro. <laughs> I didn't forgot my, I didn't forgot everything I'm supposed to say. But anyway, yes. <laughs> um, you can take it, Denasia. Let's what go. Our our topic. We got a lot to unpack today. Yeah, is about being a black girl at a PWI. Yeah. Um, if I'm pretty sure most of our listeners, um, or maybe not, we're not sure. You guys yeah. might be at PWIs, might be HBCUs. But we have been going to PWIs our whole life. It's been a journey. Um, so we just kind of want to explain <laughs> what that's been like. And I think we can probably start off by just going into what it was like growing up at a PWI. Yes. Before we get into that, I know, I think I was talking to my dad and he didn't know what a PWI was. Um, but a PWI is a predominantly white institution. Um, and yeah. a HBCU is a historically black college or university. So that's just before we get in, because we're going to be saying that a lot. Right. We're um, going to be heavy abbreviation girls. Heavy. Okay. So growing up as a PW, a black girl at a PWI, um, for me, I moved a lot. Um, like, Denae is a military brat, but I literally just moved every single year of my life. 
So since I had different schools every single year, I had to become an extrovert and I was always the oddball out in every yearbook or just photo in general or friend group. It's, it was going to be me and a whole bunch of other white girls, maybe a sprinkle of a Mexican person because I live in Arizona. Um, but other than that, it was just me. Um, yeah. And the first memory of a black friend that I ever had was in third grade. And I made twin friends, twin friends. And the main factor of us being friends was that one of the twins name was Faith and they were both Scorpios. I didn't understand horoscopes and I'll about to say horology. What's the thing, sweet? <laughs> astrology. <laughs> astrology. <laughs> um, I didn't really know about astrology, but I did know like there's a fifty there's a fifty fifty chance that I'm gonna like you. One, if you have a birthday near my birthday, and two, if you have my name. So she just kind of made the cut. Right. Um, but yeah, and then we gotta move on to the first time I had a crush on a black boy, and the kind of like elementary type of crush was in pre-k and quick story time um my mom was pulling me out of this pre-k I don't know why but the day she was gonna pull me out it was princess dress up day so all there's these two white girls they were sisters and they had princess dresses and -hmm. I was like kind of jealous but okay and um after they were and everybody had a crush on this little black boy so everybody was like Oh, like let me twirl in my princess dress for this man. I don't know. Let's call him. <laughs> let's call him Jeremy. I'm a. I'm a. Turn on this. Uh, I'm gonna be a white girl twirling for this black man. Like basically, that's what it was giving. And then once recess was over, um, why no during recess? Why did I look in the tube in the little hole? The tube at recess. Right. They was kissing him, moms. They was literally like making out with him, and I was like, they're having sex in the tube. <laughs> in the <What>? tube <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> So that was like my first like elementary crush. And then my real crush crush when I was like, I want to kiss him um, was in third grade when I got my first black friends. Granted, they were black and Mexican. The twins, they're black and Mexican. So still not all the way there, but it was something. It was definitely different for me. And I want to say we still follow each other to this day, but third grade was my first memory of a black crush. Wow. I know. I think, yeah, like mine was third through fifth like um Mm. so as faith said i'm military brat my family was moved around a lot um i've lived in virginia i lived in hawaii before i was in vegas so that alone was already a lot because it's a lot of switching schools and whatnot Mm -hmm. but my first ever memory of like black friends so even though i was like on air force bases for the most part and it was very it was it was a lot of people there like it wasn't just white people it was a lot of diversity but not a lot of black people Mm. so it was a different experience but I remember my third through fifth grade um one of my neighbors like down the street was a black boy and our families were cool you know chopping it up all the time we saw each other only black people on the street you know so it was very much like cool we was in the same grade we're just gonna call him we're gonna call him eddie Mm. Eddie was the first ever black person I liked like a black guy I liked and I was aware of it you know when you have mm-hmm. a crush in like preschool but it's nothing like oh yeah like yeah you know like those don't count or like mm-hmm. even elementary school there's a point where you get a consciousness where you're like yeah I like this person and I know mm-hmm. what it is like someone Facts. that was him mm. me and Eddie we was like bro <laughs> Eddie to this day Eddie is my dog we still keep in contact um, love briefly 
Um, but yeah, like he was my first, let's just call it elementary school boyfriend, because that's mm. really what it was. This mm-hmm. man was knocking on my door, asking to play outside. <laughs> it was official. Like <laughs> it was official. So that was my first experience, like um liking another black guy and him liking me back. Like it was never a question for me uh. initially. It was never a question like, oh, like I like this black kid in my class. Is he gonna like me back? Mm. Because at that point, like my first ever experience yeah we was cool like we we were michelle obama and barack easily you know it was 20 it was 2008 and yeah you know know how kids are like if they see anyone black you're obama so literally literally kids in our grade were literally like calling us like barack and michelle it was crazy Mm. but um yeah so when you think about it like that like that kind of sets the tone for the rest of my dating life i feel like because Because it really does. <laughs> Moms, I literally forgot. Um, what is it? So after elementary, I don't think I had a black crush until Frick. Then it was middle school, and there was at going to a PWI. If there's a black person that transfers and they're fine, oh. we have hormones running, bro. Hormone raging running amok. Okay. So moms, <laughs> it was so bad. This man, literally, all the guys during all not during recess during lunch, all the guys had to protect the guys' bathroom because all the girls were flocking to him because he was so fine, mom. It was insane. It got so bad this man had to hide in the library, and maybe and me, I found him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because who are you hiding from? <laughs> exactly. Turns out he was a bit illiterate. So and That'll I don't do it. And so to follow the story. Another illiter- illiterate story. Um, I had a- another crush. Let's jump to junior year of high school. Junior or senior year? One of those. Um, I There was a guy, and he was fine, He and he was a sneakerhead. So what I did is I went online, looked up some shoes, and I was like, <laughs> okay, you're going you're gonna to remember the name of this shoe. So I had screenshotted it, put it on my phone, and I had made sure I got to class early because we were in a lot of classes together. So I was like, hey, like I was, I would stand by a desk and he would come in. I would give him a few seconds. Very calculated, very calculated. And I was like, <laughs> hey, like, what do you think about this shoe? I'm thinking about getting this shoe. And he was like, yeah, I think they'll be good. And I was like, yeah, uh, cool. Said, I'm going to a little bit more than that. No, I'm literally. Gonna... <laughs> so, so I don't know what led up to it, but I ended up getting his number. Moms, he didn't know how to text. He, he didn't, he didn't know how to text correctly. He was illiterate. And I was like, it, is it me? Do I attract alliteration people? Like what? Like what's going on? The crazy thing is, like when you think about it, having other people you have a crush on, especially like in middle school and high school, it's an added layer of stress, especially as a black girl at PWI, because it's not only like, oh, I like this person, like, oh, they're cute, like you know, just the stress of having a crush, you know, right. getting cute for school, mm-hmm. deciding what day you're gonna wear your skirt, like it's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole process. <laughs> But not even just that. It's like, do they even like me back? Would they Would they even like a black girl back? Huge it shot. adds a different level that shouldn't have to be there. Yeah. Especially if you went to an all-white school for the, for the most part. And the only option you have is white boys, truly. Like, let's really My high truly. school especially, I was like, dang. Like, <laughs> the pickings are slim. Slim, okay. Slim. They're on not diet. even slim thick, okay? Not just even slim. slim thick. Just straight slim. No thick. And I slim was like, yeah, no, literally, yeah. it was, it, yeah, it was giving, like, cinnamon from freaking Africa. <laughs> so I was like, you know, like, it just adds another layer of stress that I feel like really shouldn't be there. And mm-hmm. I feel like I really didn't get over that until college. I don't know about you. 
Mm, well, I, well, I mean, we both went to PWIs in college and um, it was still slim pickings. Like we're going to go into it a little bit more um, in next episode on like basically our college dating life and stuff like that. But I didn't date or even talk to a black guy until my sophomore year and that mm. that was Lola yeah that was Lola yeah like se- like seriously talk to because yeah. uh, I had a few few and far in between some here and there you know dating apps and stuff but nothing that I took seriously until yeah. Lola um so yeah it was it was definitely a rough time and around that time um I was having a very rough time at ASU I hated the computer science program and instead of switching majors, I was just like, let's just switch schools. And it got so bad <laughs> that I was like, I literally, I have, I have cousins in Atlanta. I went to tour Spelman and I was going to apply to transfer right, right before COVID. And I'm really glad I didn't because honestly, I would be, I would have been sick. Like paying that tuition. Oof. Yeah. That we can have a whole episode on tuition alone Mom. because that's why I think- you choose your PWI usually is for cost. Oh, easily. Unless you really like the school. But yeah. I mean, like, in my case, like, the only reason I was at UNLV is because it was cheap because I got into Howard. So I was like, you know oh, where wow. I'm at. Yeah. Like, I like I, I was like, I'm going to D.C. either way. Between Georgetown and Howard, I was wow. like, I got acceptances to both of these pe- places. One of them needs to have me. <laughs> and then I looked at that cost and I said, I don't think mm. either of them are going to have me, unfortunately. Uh-uh. <laughs> unfortunately, I will not be making it over there. On the, on, the, on the second hand, yeah. So it's crazy when you think about like how much cost affects why you choose where you go because if cost wasn't a factor I'm pretty sure we would be HBCUs anyway oh easily yeah easily they they do need more funding like I really feel like it needs to be talked about more and the the things that I've been saying on Twitter I I forgot what what month it was but they were going through a lot they was living in tents they was having rats and mold like what's going on I was like they said they said the food had mold in it and mom's that's I saw, no, I saw a picture of one of the showers and I said, that'll do it. No, that'll do it. Because I was like, I don't know what's growing in the corner. Mom. But that's a new variant right no. there. <laughs> like, ew. It was, it was not, it was not it. I was like, absolutely not. So like, I can understand, like, I feel like for HBCUs, um, I can't speak on personal experience, but I feel like there's definitely like, at least you're getting the culture aspect of it. Because um, I can tell you, like, if, especially growing up at a PWI, when I'm in an area where it's just all black people and it's all, it's just all of us just chilling. Like when I went to Atlanta, I think the whole trip, I went the whole trip without seeing a white person. Which is insane. Which is I, insane. Cause for me, I'm, if I see another black person throughout the day, you know, you do the head nod. I'd be like, literally. Hey, girl, I'll flag you down. I'm like, literally. girl, where have you been? I've been no, looking for I you like, before. for real, I'm like, where have you been? So like that reverse, it felt like a reverse culture shock in a way. Yeah. But I already told Faith this, like, I could really see myself living in a place in Atlanta or, like, Houston or something, because I loved it there. I was like, I feel like this is, like, home. Like, <laughs> I should yeah. have been here to begin with, which is crazy. Yeah. No, no, no. Huge, huge, huge facts. Um, but I know we've kind of been dogging on PWIs. Um, the positives are few and far in between, but there are there, still there, some. There are some. Yeah. There are some. Um, I know, honestly, this is, it hits close to home. Uh, I know how to operate in a setting where I, I am in a I am a minority as well as I'm super efficient at code switching. Like super. Like it should be a list on the resume. It, it's, 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 yeah. It's a skill. Yeah. But the HR lady will probably be like, girl, what is code switching? <laughs> she you know? to Google it, Urban Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing is like, even though this is a positive, 
it's also kind of a negative because we've code switched all of our lives when we get around people that look like us in in settings that it's just us it's like you're talking white yeah you sound white that's you or even worse when you get into like an all-white setting and they feel like they have to talk black around you girl like they feel like they gotta like hey sis girl <laughs> let's not do that let's... i don't use it on a daily day-to-day basis I promise i'm like you I don't. who is your don't call me sis because i'm not your sister girl. like do not do that <laughs> i like that honestly i haven't had that much of a i i haven't had that many experiences honestly more so i see it on tiktok and i'm like y'all be going through that yeah, I, I, I've definitely went through that at work, especially. Oh, wow. And I feel like with code switching, like, I'm a switchboard. I'm not even going to hold you. I will code Facts. switch till the day I die. Easily. Literally, in, in certain settings, I just feel like it's too much, especially if you're a Black woman, to feel like you can be comfortable around other other people in a school or work setting. Because it's already mm-hmm. hard enough to be, like, um, the only black person in the room and feel like you literally speak for your race whenever you enter whenever you enter anywhere. When I enter a classroom, I'm the only black person. I enter a work a work meeting. I'm the only black person at that table. Yeah. Like like there's just no room, especially in a work setting. Like these these are not my friends is how I'm viewing no. it. Like, y'all not my friends. I go to I go here nine to five and then I That's clock it. out. And I go meet my friends after work. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's definitely compartmentalizing what's who you need to be in di- in different settings and I'm not there I'm not at work to make friends if that makes sense yeah um I I work at a tech company um intern there over the summer and we had a Juneteenth um discussion and it was weird because there was this white guy who led the discussion so I was like okay strike one um <laughs> but I guess he had like adopted or like black children so I guess that kind of made him a uh, girl I don't know yeah. but um even though, so this company preaches about diversity, include, include, inclusive, girl, English, inclusivity, inclusivity. Yeah. Thank you. Cause that, I, <laughs> this COVID brain is getting me. Okay. I literally said horology. Like, what is that? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, and they, I mean, they were right. Obviously as a black woman, as a black person in general, but specifically being in STEM at being a black woman, do you do the check when you get into mm-hmm. a room? You're like, am I only the only one here? Yeah. And if there's a black woman, I'm like shocked. And there was a there was a black woman and a black guy. And I was like, this is dang, y'all really are diverse. We in here deep. Like, wow. This I mean, out of 13, it was three, but then like this is amazing. So during the Juneteenth discussion, I felt like since the black guy wasn't there, he was doing something, and the black girl, she was there, but she was a bit more quiet. I'm I'm extrovert. It just felt like I had to speak up or mm-hmm. I wasn't doing my job as a black person. Mm, yeah you know and the thing is i learned about what juneteenth was this year yeah let's talk about that because they don't teach you yeah especially in our states like i did not learn in in school at least i did not learn nothing about juneteenth until i was older and i was able to do research on my own and i was i was seeing people like online talking yeah. about it mm-hmm. like i learned more from like twitter like twitter, twitter yeah twitter, twitter threads talking about juneteenth in the history and i'm like why have we not talked about this before now like i think Facts. i found out very like i would say in college and then i started celebrating it like instead of july 4th so it was just like it Moms. was a, it was a shift because i'm like when did like first of all it should already be a part of the curriculum so the fact that it isn't let's talk Facts. about that mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i think that also plays a role too because like you said 
you enter into a room, people automatically look at you to be the representative of what they see black people as in that yeah. So, I mean, I keep it very prim and proper and very, prim and much, proper. very okay. much, very much on the surface because it's like, I'm, I'm not putting myself in a predicament where people feel like they can degrade you or kind of criticize your life. Um, especially if you get closer to the people you work with, the people at school. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, like my friends and stuff, we can we can be relaxed and have a good time outside of those settings. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like we just know when it's time to when it's time to code switch, it's time to code switch. And I, feel like time place. Things, I feel like it's one of those things if you know, you know. Because I had a conversation with um like one of my classmates and he was like, Oh, like I know you probably don't talk like like you probably are more relaxed or more like, you know, like not code switching basically Whoa. outside of work and outside of school. So like why mm-hmm. don't you just why don't you be yourself is what he Mm-mm. said. He said, I'm sorry. Be yourself. I said, as a, I said, you don't understand. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. I said, as a black woman, I don't even have that luxury no. in the spaces I'm in, in Facts. accounting and finance, which is heavily male dominated. I yeah. don't even have that luxury. Like, we're not there yet. You know what no. I mean? Like, we're not there yet to feel comfortable. I wish we were, but we mm-hmm. are not there yet, especially in these corporate settings, to feel like you can be yourself. Because it's, first of all, we're just now getting into the room. Like, <sighs> let me sit Girl. down first. You know what I mean? So let me get comfy. Let me get comfy. And especially being like the first, the first, the first, like that emphasis on being the first. Yeah. You kind of have to set like a a precedence in order Mm -hmm. to get to that point where we can feel more comfortable and be able to quote unquote be ourselves. I said, first of all, you don't even know me. Let's not. Please. (laughs) You don't know me. me. You don't know me. So let's not do that. But Mm. yeah, I think it's really interesting because we don't really have that. Like someone can be, you know, in a silly, goofy mood and be white in the work setting and they just get called. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, you're so crazy. It's so fun to work with. But if we (laughs) do it, (laughs) if we do it, it's they're not taking their job serious. Yeah. So it's a different dynamic. Moms, the way I was Googling in the session, I was like, what does Juneteenth mean? (laughs) (laughs) I literally, I was like, wow, like, I'm not cultured at all. And the thing is, it's not my fault. Like, yes, I'm old enough to look it up. But there's so many things that I have to do with college, work, internships, all that. I'm not thinking about looking up what Juneteenth is. And the thing is, I I really feel bad because I know Arizona especially, they don't even, you guys don't even celebrate Martin Luther King. Like, yeah, no, it's crazy. Like the way that the states handle it too, because I feel like had you been in a different state or like, had you been in a state that has more black people, it would have already been like talked about, you know? Yeah. I mean, okay. So like we march for MLK and we have like this whole thing, but like if, and it's a lot of church communities. So if you're not in the church, you're not going to know that this is happening because it's right. not like it's not like the government says like, "Hey, we're doing this." It's literally the one of the mega churches here. They put it on. Wow. So yeah. it's not like in your face. Wow. No. Crazy. No. If we didn't have Snapchat or Instagram, and like I wasn't like a pastor's kid, I would not never have marched. Wow. Probably. It's literally word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, and that's all. Wow. Um. What is it? Um, I know if if you came from TikTok, um, I know you saw that last picture of us having our hair strained. And I feel like that's also a huge outcome of going Ooh, to a PWI. Cute. Oh, my gosh. Hair alone, like, I really feel like the epitome of being Black at a PWI <laughs> and being a girl. And, you know, just, like, 
just what you go through growing up, like adolescence and like coming into who you are is realizing like you're not ugly. You're at a PWI. Literally. Like, that could literally be the title of this episode. You are no. not, you, you are not blank. You're just at a PWI. Uh-huh. Because I'm telling you like growing up and being the only black girl in a setting, you, like I said earlier, you have to kind of enter like thinking, first of all, are these people even going to treat me correct? Because half yes. the time, no. Exactly. And if it comes to a guy or it comes to dating or like just how the beauty standard is, it's like I'm not the beauty standard at this school. Oh, absolutely not. Because listen, when I, especially when I got to college, I was like, oh, wow. Like I, I have not been um, ugly these all these years. I was just not in the right place. <laughs> Like, I was around guys who genuinely just do not like black women. Or if they yeah. do like black women, they're colorist. And they only like you if you look a certain way. Huge so facts. it was just like, oh, my gosh. But when I got to college, I was like, hold on now. Like, <laughs> y'all actually like black women and it's not like a front? Like, this you know, amazing. Like it's not like a, it's not like a, what are they called? Um, Facade? yeah you know when guys are like oh chocolate like they put extra emphasis oh, on it just yes. to be like my Nubian queen Nubian queen yes. you know just put an extra on it that don't need to be there <laughs> like these guys genuinely like love black women and I was like oh my god like hold up like am I fine you know this, so it was this is amazing crazy. yeah I was like okay so it's yeah I feel like with hair especially um I feel like a lot of girls that went to PWIs kind of went through that period where you were either straightening your hair, you had a relaxer. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, me and my straightener in seventh grade were joined at the hip. Besties. Didn't know any better. Besties for besties for like honestly. Okay. And it was crazy because at that time, I genuinely believed that like, if I, if I, if I had straight hair, it made me cuter. If I had oh, straight yeah. hair. And it wasn't like something that someone outright said I think that's the worst part it's kind of implied in the yeah. way that people are treated the way that people in your school are treated the way the white girls are treated the way that yep. Asian girls are treated um Hispanic girls it's mm-hmm. like you you already see the difference in how you're treated versus other races and you kind of try to try to like um negate all those effects in a way yeah. And it comes out in the way that you do your hair, the way that you dress, yep. um, the way that you talk. Like, it's kind of like an assimilation thing. And people just, it just happens over time. But with hair especially, mm-hmm. yeah. I did not go natural until 2018. Best decision I've ever decided to do. Facts. Like, changed my life, honestly. Like, I can't yeah. really say that. Yeah, for me, um, let's frick. I didn't do my edges for the first time, I think, until freshman year of college. And one, I just, since I straightened my hair all the time, I was like, it's going to make my hair crunchy. And I only wash my hair. I wash my hair every two weeks. So I was like, no, I'm not about to ruin this straighten. That was not, that, <laughs> that it was not a good straighten. <laughs> it was not, a, I swear, I was in the, literally no oil, no grease, no, absolutely anything, no edges. It was just bare, dry straighten. And it looked like a, a barely a good blow dry. Okay. So, um, Growing like growing up now in college, like I did my edges. Uh, my friend, she she was the first person she let me use her curly hair products, and I know that's how I, that's how you know. Like that was honestly one of my first black friends that mm-hmm. put me onto that, and I was like, wow, like this stuff is expensive, and you're teaching me how to do a twist out. Like this is amazing, and I literally have pictures. It was when I went to Disneyland, and that was the first time I had my hair curly, and I literally felt like, wow, I'm a black girl, like. I'm a black girl's black girl. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and and going back to, like, the clothing, mom's seventh grade, I, my mom couldn't afford Hollister or, eight, or whatever, wherever you go. 
skater skirts. My mom yeah, couldn't Aeropostale. afford that. <laughs> Thank you. And my mom also couldn't afford Doc Martens. And I felt like, wow, like I'm just not there. But I finally got some, I got some knockoff ones from Santee Alley in California and freshman year. And I really felt like I was on cloud nine. Like I, I had oh. skater skirts. I had clear knockoff Doc Martens. I'm talking about my feet were sweating in there. Not the clear, not, not, not they were cloudy in the shoes. Mom did cloudy. Cloudy with the chance of meatballs, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I really felt like I was on cloud light. Like, wow, I finally made it. Like I'm on, I'm, I'm not subpar anymore. Like I'm on y'all's level. Mm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that was kind of my vibe that I had going on. Um, but I know for you, high school was a bit, a bit, um, a bit, um, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I don't know. I kind of feel like for high school, I really, really, really leaned into like school, especially like I've always been the type of girl, like I loved school growing up. I've been like, like school was I don't want to say it was part of my identity, but I was really... A school girly. A school girly, yeah. yeah. Like, I've always been really good in, like, a classroom and, like, really good at just, like, absorbing information. So, mm-hmm. like, school, I knew for me, like, especially being, like, in the situation I was at, like, my middle and high school, I knew that if anything, if anything, at least I could be good at school. They can yeah. never say you're not smart. They can Listen. never take that away, you know? Like, they can never say you're not good at school. They can never say you're not hardworking and determined so I literally put everything like all of my energy into Mm -hmm. just being good a good student and just like just it's selling there so like for me like that was my way of in in a sense coping and you know when you say coping I think people take it wrong like oh what were you going through that was so bad on a (laughs) day-to-day basis and it's like I don't know I don't know if you would necessarily call it trauma because nothing outright traumatic was happening every single like I was not getting tomatoes thrown at me every day no tomato tomato but no tomato did, tomato but it but shaped it, who you are it shaped who I was and there was small things that added up you know yes. like if, especially when it comes to, like microaggressions and yeah. small things the small things really really take a toll and you know like I would say it was kind of like just micro dosing trauma <laughs> like, oh easily it All wasn't of high it wasn't yeah it wasn't nothing like you know like I wasn't getting called slurs every single day <laughs> but the small stuff and like the little ways that I was treated took a huge toll for real especially yeah. in the classroom because I'm mm-hmm. like girl this is this is my only place to really feel like okay like can't nobody talk to me here Thank you know you. like facts you know so it's just it's a way of just coping I feel like yeah, um, for me, my first black teacher was, I want to say, senior year of high school. Mm. And she was a black woman. And I was like, this is amazing. Because I only ever had white teachers or um, white male or lady, lady teachers. So it was a bit rough. It was a bit shocking when I walked in and I was like, girl, <laughs> you look like me. Like, this is good. Like, oh, we in here. <laughs> like, wow. Like, you and the thing and she didn't treat me any, any differently. And it, yeah. it was really cool. Like yeah. she treated us all like we were equals and it really felt like, dang, I wish I had this growing up. Years ago, for Years. real. Because I feel real. like it would have, not it would have changed me who I, it would have changed who I am as a person, but I do think it would have helped uh, for me to understand like seeing black women and just black people in general in like positions of power. Right. Teacher, you know, like that shapes like I'm like oh like maybe I mean probably not because I have a really intense shopping problem well 
uh, shopping cart problem. I never press like my cart, my credit card. <laughs> that, that's but, the problem. I be yeah, pressing, I be pressing order. <laughs> pressing, but like maybe if I saw them growing up and see, saw the impact they had on me, I would become a teacher. You know, but yeah. that that salary is not for me. To go back to my teacher, this man, he was an AP US history teacher, and I feel like nobody has a good time in AP US history. If Ever. if you know, you know. Okay, so they were literally like. This man literally was scared of me, okay? And I had forgot about it because, like, when you go through something like that, like, on a day-to-day basis, you, after, I don't remember a lot of high school, but the valedictorian of my school sometime in college, she she swiped up my story and was like, hey, do you remember Mr. So-and-so and he would be always scared of you? And the thing is, he was scared of me. This man was 6'3", built like <laughs> cinnamon, Okay. <laughs> Literally never wore an undershirt. Not Slim Jim. And this, this man's happy trail was showing the entire time. So it was like, sir, maybe if you put an undershirt on, you would not be scared of me. I don't know. I don't know what superpowers I gave. But anyways, I would literally, if he would say something wrong, I'd be like, oh, no, I read the book. And I don't think that. <laughs> can, can, we, can we discuss? Because this man would assign us like 100 pages a week. Like it was bad. Like one of the worst classes I've ever taken as well in college. So yeah. um. He would just be like, "Oh, I don't, frick, I don't, I don't know, Faith. You know, I just like, why are you not him high? sweaty? Yeah, like, why are your palms sweaty in the middle of the classroom? Arm for, spaghetti, mom. Like, <laughs> with a seventeen-year-old girl, I'm not gonna hit you, Mo- moms. And the thing is, I was less than hundred pounds at this time. So, even me now, I'm I'm not a scary-looking person. But the <laughs> thing is, if you're wrong and you're teaching me, I'm going to correct you because what do I look like? You, you assign me all this work. I'm. I'm going to combat what you said. You said I know the content now. Listen, I need the platform. <laughs> I had the, the plan. I just need the platform. That's Literally, what said. I had the plan. I just need the platform. Okay, so that that was kind of my you know for only real form of like microaggressions that I can remember because honestly I've tuned all of high school out and after yeah. I graduate college I'm gonna tune all of college out. So we <laughs> just I'm counting the days down essentially. Yeah, truly, and you know I. For the most part, I tuned out everything that happened in high school that was like, you know, like, and that that's really, that's really most of it. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that really stuck out to me, so I, I had a similar thing, but this time it was AP government. The social studies teacher was like, y'all see to get it together. Because <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Literally. So this teacher that I had, um, he was white. And my class was about, I'd say less than 20 people. It was a pretty small group. Mm-hmm. So it's me in there, only black girl. And then there's a black guy in the class. And that's about it. And I remember one day, like, um, we were talking about something. And I was talking with the teacher. It was very, like, open discussion type class. Mm-hmm. I was talking with the teacher about something. And I don't know if he got mad at what I said or, like, weird. Because it was a very, like, political heavy class. Keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Like, AP government. This Facts. is literally during, like, right, right after, like, um, elections and stuff like we're mm-hmm. in like peak Trump time facts so like oh. we're talking about opinions and stuff and I'm giving mine like you know and I forgot what he said but he was like I had just gotten fresh braids so you know like mm-hmm. immediately kind of in a bad mood because you know the day after fresh <laughs> braids forehead on tight like easily you gotta pop a couple ibuprofen yeah you know, so it was mm-hmm. just already, like, just heavy, like, you know, just heavy on my head mm-hmm. and I had just gotten him done the day before and he said something to the effect of like, I don't remember exactly like his exact words, but he said something to the effect of basically, oh, I like your hair. Is it all yours? Mm. Mm. Is it all your moms? Girl. Moms. Girl. Uh-huh. I was, you know, when you're so mad, you know, if you say something, you're going to be disrespectful and cry. 
Yeah. Like I, I knew I knew had I said something, <laughs> I was getting it spelled three months before I graduated. Absolutely uh, not. Literally, it was like four years ago around this time. Mm-hmm. Literally four years ago. Literally, like I'm not gonna say to the date, but like around this time <laughs> when this happened. <laughs> and I was so mad. Like I didn't even know how to like I couldn't even express it because I was like, How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Mm-hmm. And even everyone in the class was like, <gasps> like it was like a collective, like, oh damn, mm. like you, you know, even when the white kids know they didn't cross the line. Facts. So it was just like crazy. And I remember I literally just sat there because I was just racking my brain. I was like, either I'm gonna cuss this man out right now or I'm gonna cry. Either yeah. way, it's not gonna end good at all. And I remember just being so mad. And it was just like a collective silence, and including myself, because I mm-hmm. just didn't know like keep in mind I'm a kid like I literally didn't know how to just like I was just like I I'm only 16 I don't know how to handle a situation like this and be able to handle it in a way where I can like literally just read this man to filth and going about my day like I just was not emotionally and just like the way I was wired at that point I was not ready to handle just dealing with that right up in your face Mm -hmm. and low-key like looking at it we talk about microaggressions and everything that was macroaggressive and oh yeah in in looking back i would have preferred him just been like i'm racist and called me a slur i would have gone <laughs> on about my day like okay we get it you know like just call me a, like he would just call me a slur and kept him pushing now i can file like now something. i can file something be like he called me the n-word in the middle of the class you know like i could have done something like that yeah. but for him to say something so like calculated in a way mm-hmm. it's like he knew he could say it and get he away with waiting. it because had i had i went and filed and you know spoke out against it Mm-hmm. Guess what? Everyone on the administration was just like him. They'd been like, oh, he was just talking about your hair. It was a compliment. He said he yeah. liked it. Fact. So it's it's so difficult to deal with microaggressions in a white setting, especially in school. Mm-hmm. Because if you say something, you're now the angry black girl. Yeah. Now, um, now, now, now you now you're making a scene. Now you're making it bigger than what it has to be. Um, to this day, if I see this man in person, he knows <laughs> the deal. You can meet me outside because I'm pissed. Like now I think back. And I just have a list of things I could do to read this man to film. <laughs> For real. Like, you know when you be looking back at old arguments and thinking mm-hmm. about what you would say? In the shower. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, you was mad because you had two scoops of hair. Two oh. little tablespoons. <laughs> Talking Mom. about the braids. You don't got edges. Let's start there. So it was just, it's, it's oh. a lot looking back. But I, I'm kind of like, I feel like those experiences really helped me know that like, in those situations, you have to say something. Like, mm-hmm. granted, I was only, I was a kid. I didn't really know how to handle it. And I didn't really have any backup in that class, for real. Like, there was not really anyone that was really going to come to my defense. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's that's also something to keep in mind. But now, I'm like, yeah. You yeah. know who you are, sir. Mm-hmm. Sir. Sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, I want to say that brings us to the finale of our discussion yeah um, that was good i mean this I, was a heavy day this is a lot to unpack this was a lot of unpacked trauma yeah. that i had to dig up when i was making the notes for this po- this episode right. um but you know let's end up end this on a positive note denasia what's bringing you joy right now something that's bringing me joy right now um i don't know if y'all watch football um <laughs> me <laughs> me not so much um <laughs> I was at the Super Bowl parties and stuff. I was there for the wings and the nachos. I'm not going to hold you. And the vibes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the halftime performance was so good. I don't know if you saw it. but it Haven't. Was, it, it, was, it was amazing. Um, it was like Snoop Dogg. It was 50 Cent. It was, like, it was just a lot of like really good 
black artists. And I feel like, I don't want to say it was the blackest Super Bowl we've ever had, the blackest Super Bowl performance, because we definitely mm-hmm. had Beyonce and Bruno. Like, that was a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really nice to see that, like, on the center stage. Like, you consider the Super Bowl performance is one of, like, the biggest performances you can have, I'd exactly. say, in the world. Or mm-hmm. not the world, the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really good to see that first and firsthand and also just front and center because I was I was having a great time it really brought me joy and ever since then I've been listening to my west coast playlist because west coast best coast so it's just been it's been great it's been really Mm -hmm. bringing me joy just like you know the little things huge facts um for me uh my friend so you do you have that friend where she'll tell you stuff here and there and then she'll pop up with some big news like very late like girl oh yeah like like months later like oh yeah by the way bro it's giving uh, oh yeah by the way friend so that's that's one of my five infinity stones I got five solid girlies um it's given very much bridesmaids Denae's a part of it obviously but hey. yes I literally can't wait to be engaged so I can send out the presents but child anyway um one of my infinity stones she had been t- telling me about this guy here and there some like good some bad things and I was like okay cool like this is given side piece because I don't hear yeah. about him that often but it uh, not side piece but the only guy she was talking to but like it didn't feel as serious as I guess it was so she's on snapchat saying like oh yo it's it's cringe fest on valentine's day and I'm like yeah you know it is what it is and you know me and my boyfriend that's my that's my guy so yeah I'm gonna post him I'm gonna yeah yeah I'm gonna post it tell me why I'd start talking to this girl yesterday and I'm like hey so what's because this girl so she soft launched him last week and then hard launched him um mm. she hard launched him with balloons in her in her um in her door oh not with, the like, hotel room with the mom, with the roses on the bed moms like he literally had like i want to say chocolates and balloons in his hand and she posted them and i'm like i just swiped up and said hmm because she don't be post people like that she don't want people in her business it's giving very much to nature so i was yeah, like what? No, literally <laughs> like what is i'm this? not like, hard launching nobody you bro, get- a little a little snippet i'll post your arm you, you will get that. a hairline or a tattoo like hey do any of y'all see, like is this familiar anyone recognize this tattoo exactly y'all been so, in this room before bro. <laughs> <laughs> so so this girl i'm like okay so this man your side piece is getting you balloons like what's the title like please i need the title five minutes after a whole discussion she's like oh yeah he asked me to be his um she he asked me out on sunday and i'm like so you're on snapchat just go and ham on everybody else. Meanwhile, you're a girlfriend. Turkey. I said, you know what? I'm literally never taking anything you say with less than a grain of salt. Because wh- what is wrong with you? You're like, it's giving very much hypocrite. And I'm just so excited that she's a boy. She has a boyfriend. And like, they're really cute. Like he, he brought her ice cream for her birthday. Aww. And like, it was just so cute. Love, like, love. yeah, I'm, I'm piecing together the, pu- like the puzzle. And I'm like, oh, th- he's a really good guy. You know, but yeah. the way she was talking about him, I'm like, oh, this is just like a low, a low, a little, a little for now, for now, exactly. To be determined. So, <laughs> I'm really excited. I really want to go to because I kind of see her as my daughter because she's a bit younger than me. So I really want to go to dinner with um because she calls my boyfriend dad. So and, and me mom. So I want to go to dinner with them and just meet him because I really have never met him. So yeah. yeah, that's that's my what's bringing me joy because I I just love when my friends and relationships and being treated right like balloons and chocolate. She's never had that before. Yeah, so, emphasis on being treated right, Oof. girl. Uh, treated right to anybody to any per- prospective Denasia men. Hey, right. talk to him. Okay, talk hey. to him. <laughs> okay, 
That was the alert. Okay. Oh, we'll get into that next episode. We oh, there, oh, easily, easily. Y'all stay um, tuned. <laughs> <laughs> please stay tuned. Please follow us. Um, our socials are Type A Black Girls on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Instagram. And mm-hmm. we post at least three times a week, just so you guys can see what's going on with us and see yeah. our faces too. Like see our faces, face to face. Huge, 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 huge facts. Yeah. So you guys will see more about that. Um, you'll also see um, an actual video because Faith be vlogging. She be getting it on camera. You'll no, see an actual okay. video of what went down last episode, but this time via YouTube. So we'll yes. have the YouTube link drop in for that also huge on facts. page. So just mm-hmm. stay tuned. And yeah, you see us every Friday. We drop every Friday. Every so. Friday. Okay. Stay tuned. We're going to see y'all next week. I appreciate yes. y'all listening. This was a heavy episode, but I hope heavy. you guys could like get something from it. Um, huge facts and if you're white and listening or you're non-black i hope you can listen to this and just understand the experience um that we go through on a day-to-day basis yeah i feel like it's easier just explain it by stories and being like oppression because they don't understand it until you really put it in your face facts. in their face so i hope y'all got something from this um yeah i guess we're gonna see y'all next week yes please let us know if you got it what you liked what you didn't like what you enjoyed um on our instagram so we because we we love we love a good words of affirmation. We we, we love it. Love language. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you could leave a rating, I forgot about that. Leave yes. a rating on either Spotify or Apple Music wherever you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, that way we can get feedback and know if someone out there is listening to the Huge full rats. 51 minutes. <laughs> no, girl, literally after you cut it down, probably Ooh, not. Girl, we but... talking. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but okay, I'll we'll see y'all next Friday. Bye. All right, bye.